So even if you did it all right when you were 18, you should be working, you know, checking in with somebody. I have clients who will check in with me every six months to a year and say, okay, I'm at this job. I'm thinking I could be doing a little bit more. I'm thinking my boss could be a little bit happier with me. What could we do? And let's sit down and we'll sit down and figure out, you know, how could you be making more money? Maybe it's time for you to move on. Like career development, because what made you happy at 18 shouldn't make you happy at 25 and 30. Caution, you will begin to love your nine to five with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome. We are recording a live recording of the Nursing Home, nursing home Podcast. I am drunk of the Love Your Nine to Five show. So this is a podcast that many of you may not even know that I've been recording I stopped, I just checked January 2020 is when we took started focusing exclusively on the Nursing Home Podcast, which has grown nicely since then. But career change and doing things that we love is something that I'm very passionate about, which is why I started the Love Your 9 to 5 show. And we can talk about that a little bit more. But before we do that, it's my pleasure to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is Sheena Karen. And Shana is a career consultant, success strategist. She helps you put your strengths to work for you. She writes for the Mishpacha magazine, founder of the Career Channel. I want to know what that is. And helps people figure out what they were born to do. So Shana, welcome to the Love Your 9 to 5 show. Thank you. So glad to be here. So fun. Okay. So I'm going to start with you. Actually, no, I'm going to start with me. <laughs> why, why? We'll get to you in a minute. But I started the Love Your 9 to 5 show because when I started in my professional career, something that I don't usually talk about on the other podcast, I did not hold down any professional job until I was 30. So that's when I was introduced to the professional world. I'm obviously more than 30 now. And I had a very interesting and different perspective on why people work to begin with. I was super excited to be able to express lots of talents that I just never saw before. I never even knew that I had because I was in the nursing home space. I was not paid at all for the, for, you know, the first few months. And it didn't bother me in the slightest. It wasn't even top of mind. It's something I learned to change maybe <laughs> since then. But I was just, just an ability to be able to express my talents in a productive and professional way. It was, I was almost drunk on that feeling and that ability. And that was good as long as I was using those talents. There did come a point where I felt stale and stagnant and I was not using my natural skills, which I had only recently discovered. And that's when it was as enjoyable as it was, I guess, when I was in the right zone, in the right mode, and I knew that I was doing what I was supposed to do and it didn't feel like work at all. That's how painful it was when it was not in sync. And that's when I started really exploring and listening to podcasts and hiring different people, a few different people that I worked with. Some were great, some were perhaps less than great. Speaking to people, exploring other career opportunities. And I spent a lot of time and, you know, we recorded 50 episodes of also, I read a lot of books and surprisingly, some of the authors were very happy to come onto the podcast after I read their book. That's my whole connection was just that I listened to their book on Audible. 
sent him an email with a comment and we had you know lots of people that you know bob bird came on the show directly as a result of that dan miller who has a great book on career i forget what it's called right now i honestly have not looked at that podcast in a long time so i don't even remember all the wonderful guests that were on there and uh, this is just something that i'm very very passionate about and even when i'm working with others and employees i had I'll get to you in one second. <laughs> I had an employee that came in once to apply for, I think it was a receptionist role, activity aid role, something like that, entry-level position. She mentioned that she had a degree in healthcare administration. You know, was thinking maybe one day becoming an administrator, but not yet. You know, the stars had did not yet align. And I thought, you're crazy. You, I spoke to her a little bit. It was very clear that that was a much better fit for her. I said, I'm not giving you this job. You're way overqualified, and you're not going to be happy with it. Here, call these people. They're going to help you get your, you know, your AIT or administrative training program. You know, you know, just get going with it. I have no idea. I don't remember who it was. I don't know what happened to her. But the point is, I feel very strongly about that. So when we met, on, I've been following you, Shana, on LinkedIn for some time. They've engaged in some of your content. But when we did meet on Clubhouse, I was, you know, said, you know, let us do a podcast episode. So now that is the long introduction and welcome to the podcast. I'd love to hear how you ended up doing what you're doing. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of us have gone along similar lines. That's so interesting to hear. I, I'm really curious about more of your story and how you started work and how you ended up finding uh, your flow and your zone. Because it's interesting, I, I went through pretty similar to what you described, except I started a little bit younger. I was in college by 18. And it was sort of like, you know, you graduate, go straight to the next thing. What's it going to be? I had no idea. So I just did like the most convenient option, which was getting a degree in education, finished it at record time, you know, got a good job, got another one, got bored, wondered what in the world was wrong with me. I had this good degree, was getting paid pretty well, and uh, I couldn't stand what I was doing. So, so I read probably all those books that you read, interviewed, you know, lots of people about, you know, what they did, why they liked doing it, read a lot of like psychology education, just trying to figure out how this thing works. And eventually I ended up training with a mentor of mine who I met through his book too and started, you know, started doing what I was doing, what, I, what I'm doing now. And I love it that you found it. It's, it's interesting to me that you dedicated so much of your time to doing that kind of podcast without it being your profession, just like it, it sounds like it was something that you really experienced deeply. Yeah, so th I can't say that there weren't times where I thought of maybe making this, you know, my full-time job and making a business out of it. And I've seen so many people make a business out of it. But one of the th reasons why I didn't, and I'm curious to know why you did, I think I even asked you this question, was I had someone on the podcast, actually I have it right here. I had the last podcast episode was from Michael Allen Tate. So he wrote a book called The White Shirt. And it's a whole parable of, uh, about a king's son who, I forget the whole story, but he, it's a phenomenal story, and he's a fantastic. He he wrote the book. The book was great, and you know he's a fantastic career coach. I asked him this question. I said, "How do you know?" He a lot of people who become career coaches, as you might know, they start off in HR, and they've you know they have experience working with employees, and then they say, "You know what? I should do this full time." They open up their own practice, and they grow from there. So my question to him was, and the same question to you, and this is the question I had to myself, is. Yes, I, I do believe deep down um, that every single person is uniquely talented and capable um, in a way that nobody else is. And they can and should and perhaps must use that unique ability to earn their livelihood. And that is the only way that they're going to be happy when they have that congruency and they're in sync with who they are and what they, this is really what it says in your headline, uh, you know, what they were born to do. 
and anything else is is wrong. And they should not be looking at how much they're going to get paid. There are rich shoemakers, there are poor shoemakers, there are rich nursing home owners, there are poor nursing home owners, and it doesn't make a difference. If you are doing what you're supposed to do, people will come to you, and you can grow from there. So my question was, how did, so let's say most people, you'll start off on a path doing whatever because of life. Like you had your circumstances, I had mine, I met a friend who owns nursing homes in Massachusetts, let's work together, and that's how I ended up here. It wasn't necessarily, although I did, a whole career assessment tool. It was ready with that. I already knew what was on the table. And surprisingly, the number one choice that came out was nursing home administrator, literally the top one. And I don't think it's because it was so accurate. I think it's because I, I may not have answered the questions um, as honestly as they should have. Mine was farmer, if that helps. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but my question was, maybe I should redo that one day. But the, the question was, how do I know that I am at my destination and I'm not getting stuck at the side of the road? You're going on a long road trip. You're going across multiple states. And then along on the side of the road, you end up working in the rest station. You may not have arrived at your destination. So I always felt that like, this is amazing. It's great. And I really think I could help people. Uh, making their career choices. I could also help people with, with other choices within their businesses, within other areas of their life. How do I know that this is where I should stop? This is a question that I asked him on the podcast, and I forget what his very smart answer was. I know he had a great response, but that's my question to you. Yeah, it's such a good question. And I had the exact same question. I guess it's, it's typical. When I reached out to the individual who I trained with, he's, he's the founder of Rockford Institute, who's he sort of, he made up the term career coaching. It wasn't a thing, you know, like 50 years ago, right? So, so I said, you know, I'm coming with a completely open mind. I read a lot of books. I looked into a lot of career coaching programs. And this was after years of having, you know, gone to the library, gone to the bookstore, bought every book in the, in the section, read it, done the homework and still being totally confused, you know, taking mm -hmm. every test online. Like I did all those things for years. At the same time, I started writing resumes for like friends and family. I always, that was like something just that people knew that I can, they can always call me and ask for help with. And that led to like more frustration because all these people who I was helping them with their resumes didn't know what they wanted them for. I was like, just write it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's like a marketing document. Like, what are we trying to market? They're like, just me for anything. Can you do that? Not, I could, but you know. <laughs> um, so, so that was like another thing that I had been doing, and then I started doing it for pay because I was like, hey, why not? I'm getting pretty good at this. You know, I let me let me try it out, and I had done it intentionally as like a side hustle to see if I wanted to continue going in this direction. So I did that for like mm -hmm. over a year to see where it was going, and as I was writing resumes, I was getting more and more excited and and like using different tools on people at no charge, just like during our intake sessions, just trying to figure out if I could help them. And I really liked it. When I went to this, went through this training, the first thing that you have to do to get accepted to their training as, which is, makes a lot of sense as career coaches, you have to take a test that sees if you're a good fit for a career coach. And they actually don't accept people who, who don't have the right aptitude and the right fit. So I went in and I said like, look, I, I know that I'm not happy with, with what I'm doing now. I've tried a bunch of different jobs. I've tried a bunch of different things. I've taken every test. This was a $500 test, which was more than I had ever spent before. And I said, I'm open to anything. You know, people had told me I would be a good real estate agent. I had been told I should, you know, open a chain of daycares. I've been told I, told I should be a lawyer. Like I was like anything, you know, just like, let's, let's get down to the bottom of it. So I wouldn't say that my, it was like, 
all the stars were pointing toward you must be a career coach. That's your destiny. There are some other options, but just like I do with my clients, I think it's really important to think about your lifestyle, right? I have little kids. I went to something that I could work from home. So while maybe a real estate agent would have like matched some of my interests and talents, I don't want to be out every evening showing houses. So no, that's not the reason, but it's one of the good reasons why I didn't choose that, right? So to me, it's the same process that I go through with my with my clients. It's it's well, what are your current interests? The talents and your natural personality and those things don't change. Like I'm an introvert, probably socializing with people, you know, all day, every day, having to be like this outgoing, gregarious, you know, let me show you this beautiful house. I don't care so much about like things like that. So it probably wouldn't be a good fit, but you have to match those things up. But then things like how much money you need to earn, what your schedule is, your lifestyle, like that's an important part of the decision. And I always say like what I chose now, I'm probably not going to choose at 50, even though I might still be in this field, it's probably going to look very different when I'm not raising children. Okay. So... (laughs) Okay, so that's so that's quite a bit to digest. But first, just to answer the question, so you went to this program. They don't accept everybody. You paid five hundred dollars for this test. I assume that you passed the test. True. Yeah. So it's not like a pass or fail. They were thrilled to invite me to take their program once once I took the you know once I went through it. Yes, I didn't end that story. Thanks for bringing me back there. Yeah. So like, if you know Myers Briggs or anyone who's listening to this does, I'm an INTP, very diagnostic, which means people always tell me, oh, you should be a critic, and I say, well, that's basically what I do <laughs> because I like I like you know like taking all the different parts and then helping people you know figuring out like you know, where, where those skills should go and how they should be used. And I, I love the psychology aspect and I do have the natural tendency for it, but I don't have the patience to be a psychologist because I like being able to help people like do something. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. So, I mean, so the, okay. So that's how it did make sense for you. I mean, you have a lot of the temperament and the skills and obviously you've done all the, taken all those personality tests. I also love what you said that you were, you said you don't even care what it is. Just tell me what I'm sp- supposed to do, and I'll do it, right? right. <laughs> like at, at some point, is like I know that I am good at a lot of different stuff, and I know that I have skills and talents, like everybody does. I, can, I know that I don't know exactly how to apply them, but whatever is the right way, let me, you know, just, just, you know, tell me where do I go? Where, where's my next, you know, business? Where's right. my next and job? The other thing is that, like, I'm if if I wasn't entrepreneurial, which is something that I, you know, after a decade plus of working, I knew that I needed to have my own business. I already had my own business. It was like a small daycare. I was trying to be the stay-at-home mom and use my education degree. And I knew that I was never going to go work for, for somebody again. So lots of people walk into my office, see that I'm excited about what I do. And I get this very often, you know, maybe I should do what you do. It looks really enjoyable. <laughs> and I just laugh because there is like, you know, everything, every time you see someone that's doing something that looks like fun, you know, I ask them, does this look like fun to you? Think about it. Would you like to sit here in this office all day, nine to five, speaking to people one-on-one? And they're like, actually, no, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, to me, that's a dream. I love doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, they're seeing someone who is in their element and you're happy with what you do. And they're like, wow, that looks, you know, it seems convenient and it seems like you're not fighting traffic, you know, and you're able to have the flexibility that you need that fits your lifestyle. So like, oh, wow, that would be great. But like you said, when they actually think about it, it could be different. And I love what you brought up before. I'm just going back to your other point is that it's not just about 
skills and abilities and temperament and personality. There's also there's some this little thing that we have to deal with that's called life, and we have to figure out what is the best application that can fit with whatever our values are in life and whatever is important to us. We may be able to uh, use our skills and talents in one area, or and maybe make more money or whatever it is. But if being home is more important than that, or if you can make the same amount of money, you know, then then that's obviously a better choice. So flexibility is important. You know, if, if you're not interested in being part of corporate America and you'd rather be your own boss, like you said, you know, you said you're never going to work with somebody else again. You might want to talk to your career coach of why that was, <laughs> why you made that decision. Was it really based on having a boss or maybe just a toxic work environment? Which is, no, none of them, actually. I had good bosses, had great work environments. I think some people are boring with the like entrepreneurial fire that it's just like, I, I have such a vision of what I want to create in the world. It just feels like I'm selling my potential so short by fulfilling someone else's dream. Okay. Very well <laughs> articulated. So so let's go there for a minute. Before, okay, so let's go there for a minute. So tell me, what what is the end game for you as far as what you're doing? And then maybe we'll go into some, if you don't mind, sharing some practical tips uh, for people who are doing whatever they're doing and are thinking Maybe I should be looking at other things. So first of all, where do you want to see the business go? Yeah, well, the end game for me, I don't know if it's internal. It's more of a, what I want to see happen, like what the change that I want to affect in the community. When I speak to people, they either have never been to a career coach, didn't know it was something that you could do. Like you could go to someone who could help you figure this out. Or they've been to a terrible career coach and thought it was like the biggest, worst waste of time. And which it was in, in most cases when they think that. Mm -hmm. So my goal and a lot of the reason why I'm on LinkedIn, when I, why I write publicly and, and I speak and I do things like that is because I am trying to change the image. Every time somebody um, walks out of my office and says like, wow, I didn't know that this was, you know, I'm so glad my wife or mentor or whatever pushed me to come meet you. Uh, I didn't know like that there was such a straightforward way of finding myself, my career path. I want to change the way that people look at it. I want it to be a normal thing that you do when you're 18 years old or younger. So actually, even before we go further from there, I will t I can't tell you how many people that I've had. Again, I live in Massachusetts, and there's a lot of college students here. I one particular person who, two people actually here, two funny stories, not funny, but two true stories. One of them involves someone who was great at marketing and was doing a fantastic job. And her boyfriend also was involved in some other career. I think it was in the trucking business. They both had tons of student debt together. And their degrees had absolutely nothing to do with what they were doing at the time. And the, where they planned on spending the rest of their careers. They're both, you know, thank God they, they found a place that's a good expression for their talents. And they're both making decent money. But they had this huge burden of student debt that was weighing them down. And it would take them, you know, years and years just to catch up of living simply just to catch up to pay for that student debt that they should never have incurred because the the American educational system is broken, it is like really, really broken. Because when people go and I live in I live in college town, USA, and I get to meet some students, the way these decisions are made are absolutely dumbest, you know, whether it's based on social pressure, whether it's families, whether it's what they think is going to make more money. And of course, there are some resources available within these institutions, but many times they don't even care about their jobs at this point. They're in college, they're partying, they're having a good time. 
they know that there's debt, but everyone else is doing it. Somehow we're all going to get out of it. Some of them aren't. Some of them, are, you know, their parents have money and there is no student debt. But it doesn't even take the money out, the money, which is a serious consideration. But even without that, they're, they're at a point where they don't yet have the financial responsibilities that life will inevitably pile upon every responsible, responsible human being. And they have the, the opportunity, like I wished when I was starting off, that I, if I had the ability to be a bagger in the supermarket, be a cashier, be a gas station attendant, work the, my way from the bottom up in every in a hundred different businesses or ten different businesses, whatever, things that might be interesting and see what it's like. Instead, starting out ha- with, you know, with the responsibility to make a lot of money very quickly, did not have that flexibility and you know, was forced into that type of a job. So the system... The change that I want to see in the world, I guess, like similar if you want to continue the way that you're speaking, is that before we invest significant resources, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's emotional, physical, mental, intellectual energy, in any particular path, we should have some sort of guidance as to what to do. And I know some some decisions you'll never know until you do stuff. You can't just sit on the armchair and, and before you ever had a job anywhere, and just say, oh, I think this, that, or the other thing, and fill out a million tests, and now you have it all figured out without having worked a day in your life. That also is not going to work. But if people would do this, here, I'll, I'll, I'm interrupting myself too many times, but what I was startled at the concept of Grouchy Mondays. I haven't spoken about this in a long time. But what people came in, they were talking about the weekends, and the, they were like dragging their feet back in on a Monday, back into the office, and here we go again, and here we have to do this, and and I would ask them, and I was maybe a little bit annoying, about what they don't like, and then why can't you fix it? And you're doing this for 30 years, and you absolutely hate it, so don't be here. I know you need to make money, so figure out what do you like to do? What do you do on the weekends? Make a job out of that. Or maybe do something that's closer, you know, that's more closely related to something that you, that you actually like. And I'm going off over here a little bit. But the point is, number one, is that we should be planning from a much earlier age. It doesn't need to be crisis intervention which is super important when you know when someone's in a place that doesn't fit like i was it's super important to to have that assistance and for people like self to help with that but imagine if every 18 year old or every 20 year old or 25 year old whatever age it is when someone enters every 30 year old when someone enters the workforce they can do it in some sort of structure where they're like okay this is what we're doing these are the fields that you know we think make sense when experiment you know with these few things instead of spending the next 40 50 60 years doing something that you don't like and you can figure out you know what's a better fit um just yeah uh what, what how did how does that all resonate with you well no i'll add to that because i think that when i started out i was like i'm going to help you know my younger self like that i didn't the help that i didn't get when i was 18 i'm gonna go give that to the 18 year old and initially that's what i structured my business to be and then since linkedin was my main social media let's be honest my only social media so i started getting calls um, and messages from lots of mid-career people which surprised me i was like wait they all chose this but obviously they didn't chose it choose it properly it was just because you know similar to how you felt fell into your job i find is the most common way you know they realize that it's time to go to work you know they they ask around or they just take the most convenient you know degree that's being advertised heavily enough and whatever it is that they read you know so i've been working with a lot of people that really turned into more of who i work with like people age 25 to 35 who are just in long enough to hate it 
and to realize that they do not want to sell the rest of their life doing whatever it is that they're doing. So I help a lot of those people, but what now that I've been doing this for a couple of years, what I'm realizing is, is like the perfect balance is that even if you did sit down at 18 and and s- figure out, okay, this is what I, my interests are, you know, this is what my tendencies, my personality, my, you know, my, my life, and then things can change, right? As someone can live, you know, live somewhere they don't expect, have a spouse that does something different, be single, you know, when they didn't expect to be. So it's not like we do the best with what we know at the time, right? And then, and then when we know more, we do more. So even if you did it all right when you're 18, you should be working, you know, we're checking in with somebody. I have clients who will check in with me every six months to a year and say, okay, I'm at this job. I'm thinking I could be doing a little bit more. Or I'm thinking my boss could be a little bit happier with me. What could we do? And let's sit down and we'll sit down and figure out, you know, how could you be making more money? Maybe it's time for you to move on. Like career development, because what made you happy at 18 shouldn't make you happy at 25 and 30. Got it. So it's not a one and done. It's not like I have one question. What should I be doing? Once I know what I should be doing, I'm good for the rest of my career. A, like you said, that's that should and constantly changes. And there could be other things. There could be future growth opportunities that you're not seeing. Might be time for someone to start their own business. They may have outgrown whatever opportunity they're currently working in. Right. And how many people do we know who opened a business because of a life event? Right. Somebody went through a death. Uh, someone went through, you know, like something dramatic, dramatic. And then they have a business or an organization based on that event. We couldn't have predicted that. Right. 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 But it's going to always use the same skills. Like if they were a promoter, if they were a marketer, if they were a thinker, if they were, you know, a, a writer, whatever it is, it's going to come out in those things. So we could predict that this is going to be an influencer pretty early on. We could, you know, predict which skills you're going to use, but the topics might change. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know someone was telling me, a, a business coach that I'm working with, I could call him, call him out, David Wanunu, who's fantastic. I don't know if you know yeah. him. Yeah, okay. Sure. So he was telling me about somebody that reached out to him and said he wants to go into nursing homes. And he said, okay, that's great. Why do you want to go into nursing homes? Well, you know, you want to care for people. See, this is, maybe this could go on the nursing home podcast too. Uh, <laughs> he said, I want to care for people and it's so important. And who's going to care for me when I get older? And give me all these other things. And apparently he was able to see through it that this person really did not care for the nursing home industry at all. So he said, let's be honest here. What's the real reason why? So he listed six people that he knows that were very successful in this business. So he said, okay, so you want money. That's what you want. Let's put it very, you know, let's be open about this. You want money, you want a lot of it, and you want it quickly, and you think that this is a way to do it. So let's put that down. You want money. Now let's figure out, well, what, what are you good at? You know, then let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Let's not push ourselves into the wrong thing for the wrong reason which is brings to mind the other story I was going to say earlier is that I interviewed a nurse once who was coming for a nursing position. She was in, or recall correctly, I think she was in like her mid forties and just, you know, completed her nursing degree. And she mentioned casually during the interview that she was in finance for like 15 years or 20 years. And that's where she went right out of, uh, right out of high school. She got a degree in finance and that's what she was doing. And she absolutely hated it. She was miserable. And for many years she did it anyway. So finally she became, she became a nurse and she said, I wish I would have done this straight out of high school, which got me very upset. I said, why in the world did you not do this right out of high school? You could have been so much further along. You would not have suffered all those years. You know, you would just would have been that much more successful. You know, your quality of life would have been that much different. So she, she said something which is painful, but it just illustrates the point. Her father was in finance. Her uncle was in finance. Her siblings were in finance. Her friends were in finance. Everybody said, you're going into finance. And she didn't, obviously, if she's part of the family, 
she must be going into finance, you know, as well. And she did. And I'm not saying that she was bad, but she was certainly extremely miserable. And she's, you know, during that time, you know, her marriage, you know, disintegrated and some other life events, which she attributed to some of the, the disconnect. She wasn't happy with herself. So she wasn't necessarily always pleasant to be around. And she finally felt like she was in the zone. And here she is at, you know, 40 something starting her career for the first time, which totally could have been avoided. Again, this is, oh, I'm oversimplifying someone else's life that I don't know very much about. But this is what she shared when, again, this is not a normal interview question, but because <laughs> I care about this, you know, so like she made that comment. I'm like, whoa, you know, why in the world? So it's painful to know how many people right now are already decades in or years or decades into a career that really is their own finance because their family is in finance or they're in whatever other industry because that's what their social i want to tell those people that like a lot of people think that they're stuck because they chose something and what they should know is that about 80 percent of skills are transferable right i'm sure this is something that you've discussed like, on the podcast before so it's like you think you're stuck in finance, but like if we took a if we took off the title of what you do and put a list of those skills, we could probably change it into so many other things. You don't have to be unhappy. You don't have to necessarily go back to college and go into debt again and do the whole vicious cycle again just to get to a job where you feel good about yourself. Right, and then strip away the external application of your skills and figure out what it, what is it that really made you good at it if you were good at it. And, and if you, you know, what, what are those skills and then figure out where you, you can apply is it better that you'll be happier. That's a better, that's a better fit. I, okay. We could probably do this for much longer, but I, for those who are listening um, and are interested in not just an interesting conversation between two people that are passionate about the same subject, but they actually want to know practical tips and tricks. What can you offer someone who's listening? there saying, Hey, I don't, I'm about to start a career and I don't know if this is the right thing or I'm in a career and I don't know if this is the right thing for me. What What are some questions or some exercises that they can do right now themselves to start this self discovery journey and seeing if they're on the right path or if there's if they need to make a move? Yeah. Okay. So number one, don't quit yet, right? Because because anyone who I've given that advice to, I'm short of. I'll give you the exception, but but they you know have definitely seen that it was worth like worth staying until they got their next job because you're just a lot less. Um, interesting on the job market uh just a second here battery if you're if you're not um if you're not currently employed then go to my website shanacaring.com and there's a free quiz that you can take and i just updated it so that you actually get something that i used to only give clients if you take this quiz and instead of answering a bunch of multiple choice questions it's the personality type quiz but what i do is there's a short video explaining what it is that we're trying to guess at so that you could decide for yourself so instead of saying, do you like to, uh, do you prefer to stay home at night and read a book or, or go to a party and asking you all these questions and you're like, I don't know, it's not A or B, it's C. So you can, so what I tried to do with that quiz, which I've been getting good feedback is here, here's what we want to know about you. Here's the two general categories. Now you decide, and then you'll get back by email, like a three page PDF, which is like the whole strengths and weaknesses, job suggestions, personality, you know, a whole bunch of things like that. So at least you should know your personality type if you don't uh, know anything else. If it seems like it's wrong or it doesn't 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 feel when you read it, it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, how they know you didn't do it right. Uh, do it again. <laughs> so so that's the first number one thing that everyone should know. What other good general well, advice? 
Yeah. Uh, let me just jump in there for a minute because I did such a test with a different organization that you're probably familiar with. And the results were, like I mentioned earlier, you know, it said nursing home administrator, but most of those questions I could not answer because I literally had zero professional experience. I've worked with other people in unpaid roles. You know, I was involved in some community outreach and other things, but most of those things I couldn't really answer honestly. And if I would have taken the same test six months later, I would have known what it means to work along some, alongside somebody versus you know, leading a team or being part of a team, working by myself or not working by myself. Well, like those things would have meant something. So, so now you're asking me to give my real opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Which is any test that gives you a job that you should do is being like really pretentious. How could a test tell you what job you should do? That makes no sense. How does that test even know what jobs? Because if you go on the Department of Labor website, like new jobs are being added every year, right? Like they don't know what jobs exist anymore, right? So that's like the, that, that's a ridiculous notion for a test to be able to give you that. The reason why I use the kind of testing that I do. So personality is personality. It's just that it's a bunch of characteristics. Doesn't tell me what's going on up there. Doesn't tell me what's going on in here. It's just a bunch of, you know, unique attributes that are, you'll have in common with a bunch of other, you know, million people on the planet, but it is the way that, you know, we were created toward, you know, just like most people have two eyes and a nose, most people are either extroverts or, or, or introverts, right? So, so with the kind of personality testing that I use, I use testing that is not manipulable, right? So it's not based on any background of education, background of work experience. It's testing that is more like an IQ test, right? It's like, look at this puzzle, look at this picture, turn the page, look at this picture, Tell me what's different. And that's testing a specific part of your brain, like associative memory or design memory or number memory. And then we get a bunch of scores. When you get actual scores, then I need to sit down with you and get to know you as a real human being. You know, who, where are you from? How old are you? What do your parents do? What do you love? What do you hate? Right. And then put that together with your unique, your unique character. Like even if you all, if two people got the exact same scores, which has never happened before, you would still be two different humans living in two different planets. And you would very unlikely be interested in and be successful at the same job. Got it. Got it. So it's, it's a good lead magnet for your business for sure, because it's interesting. It's interesting enough, hopefully if it's done correctly, that, okay, oh my goodness, you know, we're finally making some progress for the first time. And, but I think I need, you know, some assistance here. L let me take the next step, which is good or not. Or they could say, you know, they'll just take it and run with it. I think that actually right. makes sense. Did you mention that you have a podcast? Or you said you don't no. know? No, I've been a guest on a number of podcasts, but I have not taken the leap to go take care of that whole big job myself. <laughs> why, why not? It's a good question. I'll think it's, it's something that we should probably discuss. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Because that, that besides for um, being a very good marketing tool, which it is, it's also, I mean, you know, sharing the information that you have, which I assume is constantly growing as you get more and more experience working with more and more people. People need this information. And especially now, you know, I hate bringing in COVID, but COVID also changed the way people do stuff. You know, it changed the way a lot of traditional ways of doing things are now being done remotely. And a lot of things that used to be, I can't be, uh, I know a few people that are attorneys. And generally what that lifestyle means, leaving very early in the morning, being all day at an office somewhere and coming home very late at night, you know, grabbing something to eat and working another few hours, you know, especially the first few years. I mean, everyone knows you come out of law school. Yeah, paid very well, but you work like a slave until you make partner or they kick you out and then try to make it on your own. But the point is now a lot of these people working from home. I think 
I think that some of the people that I know admitted that productivity might be down a little bit, but for, but that's still that's becoming more of an option. So it doesn't mean they're working less, but I'm sure you know it's certainly there are other there are more opportunities that might be available that were not available a year ago. Yeah, so, the, the amount of destruction that COVID brought in the world, I think it brought also a really significant amount of good, at least career wise, for people. Yeah, I mean a lot of yeah. There's a, a lot of people are much more open to meeting remotely, to making serious transactions remotely, hiring people remotely, meeting people. And certain things are never are not never going to be fully remotely, but it definitely changes things quite a bit. Yeah, and we should talk about that podcast. All right, for right now. So if people want to learn more about you, I mean, this has been quite a quite an interesting conversation, which I have not done in a while, and we for sure can talk much more about this, but. People want to learn more about you and what you do. What's the best? Where's the best place to send them? Yeah, LinkedIn. Message me. Try to answer my messages within uh, not the day, but the a few days. And shanakaren.com. S H A I N A K E R E N. dot com. And you can uh, get in touch with me. Schedule a call with me there. Okay. And how do they get that test that you mentioned before? So there is a link on my site for for test aptitude test. You just click on that. It will send me a notification. They can put in an order or schedule a call to discuss it. It's pretty straightforward there. Okay. Let's end with one more question. What do you think is the biggest myth about career change? And what is it something that you hear time and time again that people come in and they say, I always thought that X, and then you enlighten them that X is not true. I was too old. People think they're too old. People think they're too old when they're 22 and then they think they're too old when they're 30 and then they're going to be 40 and think they're too old. So you might as well not be unhappy for another minute. Everyone thinks they're too old. Even if you're 50, why are you too old? I mean, at 65, my grandfather went on to have a whole nother career until he passed on at 82. That's a lot of years, right? Like <laughs> my mother started a career. I guess I have, I have good role models in the family. She started a new career at 50. That's not too old. That's a lot of years to enjoy what you're doing. Wow. Okay, there you have it. So you're never too old to take the next step, whether you're 22, 32, 50, whatever, 65. I forget which New York University. Was it Landers College, I think, that was founded by the founder at uh, in the 70s or something? Yeah, uh, I, mean, I listened to an interview by him. That Yeah, that was news to me. It was him. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so it was him. So the, the point is that a lot of things can can happen much later on in life. It's not too late. So don't suffer unnecessarily of mistakes that you made in the past or even if there weren't mistakes changes need to happen make those changes and it's not too late so Shane is been- and every year is a new time to minimum every year to reevaluate what you're doing and making sure that you would choose it again okay okay amazing thank you very much for coming on the podcast let's just call it the podcast the <laughs> love your nine to five show it's it's really been a pleasure i hope that the listeners or viewers have received a benefit from this and i really appreciate it thank you so much thank you such an honor thank you